your Bibles, grab your Bibles, and we're going to jump into uh, something very, very important tonight. Second uh, Timothy chapter number three. Uh, can't seem to get out of that book. We, we were dealing with uh, the the first part of this on Sunday, dealing with the the war. We are at war. We uh, we are to be good soldiers. Amen. And uh, endure hardness as a good soldier. We we. We know Paul is trying to encourage uh, a man that is discouraged, a man that's ready to quit, a man that's ready to throw in the towel. Uh, and, and, and you will see as we go through this, I, I, I'm really sensing the more I dig into this and the, and the more I read it, uh, that he was really having some waving thoughts about Paul himself. Paul says, don't be ashamed of me, you know, and there were false teachers in the church there that was probably in the ear of Timothy and telling them, you know, if, if probably if Paul was what he was supposed to be, he wouldn't be in jail right now. You know, all of these things that, that Timothy's really struggling with, and this is Paul's protege. This is Paul's, um, his next in line. This is the one he has invested so much in. And so now he's, he's trying to encourage him and keep him where he needs to be. And this is this, where we're at here tonight. I, I, I really, I didn't mean to go where we're at in the study. Uh, I, I really kind of wanted to go a different direction, but God's a whole lot smarter than me. Say amen. amen. And so we're going to deal with what Paul felt was the most dangerous thing to the church. Most dangerous thing. He said, perilous times shall come, right? That's the, that's that very first verse. Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter three. Did I tell you what chapter? Okay. Second Timothy chapter number three in verse number one. If you're there, say amen. amen. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Say that with me. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For if the sword are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. They shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was." Verse 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. You see, it, it, it's almost like Paul is defending himself. Paul is saying, but let me tell you about what you've seen in me. What you've seen in me. He said, you know me. You know my doctrine, the manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of all them the Lord delivered me. Say amen. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, the letter keeps on. Now, it's divided into chapters and verses for our study. But right after that, he goes in to say, and I charge thee. I charge thee. This is a, this is a militant, military command. Uh, by Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, 
Preach the word. Preach the word. Now, we're not going to be able to get into this part tonight because we're going to run out of time. But we, we maybe, maybe when he gets back on vacation, he's going to wait one more week. Say amen. Because <laughs> we might need to go, we might need to go into this chapter uh, because it is so important for us tonight. Let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for moving my mind and, and, and putting in my heart what you want me to tell your people, your sheep. These are your sheep. Lord, I'm just the under-shepherd. I, 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 I am totally aware that they don't belong to me. I don't, I don't listen, they're yours, and I, I, I submit to that. And God, I ask you to please help me to give them what you've given me. I pray that you'll help me to deliver uh, in such a way that it's easy to understand, it's easy to comprehend. And God, we can take this warning seriously. And I pray that your perfect will be done. And God, we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Uh, you can be seated. You can be seated. <clears throat> If you have been paying attention, if you've been paying attention to the news, uh, you're well aware of what happened in Nashville this week. And what a tragedy and what a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that that is. Uh, you know, at, at one point that, you know, most politicians will jump in this deal and, and, and whether you're on the right side or the left side, then there, there's arguments of, of whatever. Uh, and, you know, and there, there's those type Fightings and it's typical. It always happens. Uh, 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 whether it's uh, gun control or uh, uh, you know all of this stuff going, it's usually the usual uh, headlines and the usual arguments and the usual fights between the left and the right or whatever. Uh, but I don't know if you've noticed, but there's 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 a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of enmity that you can see against Christians this go around. Uh, one particular group has even uh, made a hero out of the shooter and saying it's just because the Christians are so hateful and we're, we're, we're just, we've, you know, this whole deal. And, and there, is, there is rhetoric that is so anti-Christ, anti-Christian, that is, is becoming more and more and more prevalent. I mean, in every area, every which way, it, 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 listen, it, you don't have to be very smart to understand that we are definitely in the days that Jesus spoke about. We are definitely in the last days and perilous times. And, and, and when I was looking at this and I was seeing where we were or where we are and how things are progressively getting worse, I, I was thinking about this verse, perilous times shall come. Perilous times. Perilous means uh, dangerous. It means Violent. It means difficult, hard, hard. Paul is, now you got to think about this. Paul is sitting in a prison, a hole in the ground uh, in a very, very difficult situation. But yet he's saying the times is coming. They're going to be rough. They're going to be hard. They're going to be perilous. They're going to be dangerous. And I, I was thinking about a school shooting. I'm thinking about a Christian school and, and, uh, and all of the, everything that's happening right now. I said, man, this is what I need to deal with. This is the topic I need to do. Our people, uh, we, listen, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready for the, the times that we're going to live in. And I, I naturally, I, I would go and, and, and look at all the, 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 the verses in the Bible that talk about uh, uh, the last days and, and, and kind of describing the last days. And, you know, we can look at humanity. We can talk about humanity. What, what's humanity going to be like? Well, in say, just stay with me. You don't have this. Just stay with me. I'm just, this is intro. This is intro. Okay. Second uh, Timothy three, one says this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come difficult, dangerous fears. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the son of man be. This is what Jesus said. It's going to be like the days of Noah. Well, what does Genesis say the days of Noah were? Genesis 6, 13, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence. Y'all get that? The earth is filled with violence. 
Paul said perilous times shall come. Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah. Genesis says the days of Noah are violent. They were filled with violence. Every thought and imagination was evil continuously. That's what, that's what Genesis said. So humanity is going to be a violent time or, or a violent group. And, and, and a perilous time that we're going to find ourselves in. And, and listen... I don't know, I don't know that I've ever seen a time in sports where there's been so many fights and so many on-the-field brawls or so many on-the-court fights. Uh, one, one girl just had to, she just, uh, 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 what, what do you call it when you're in court and, and you declared, she, she pleaded not guilty when they've got her on camera punching another girl in the face, knocking her to the ground in the handshake line. When have, you, when have you seen this? I mean, obviously, there's been fights in sports. But on, I'm talking about every single headline. We're looking at more and more and more and increasing violence in our society. But you know what? Paul didn't mention that. I wanted to mention it. Matter of fact, I had it in your notes. And I had to take it out. Because it wasn't in there. It wasn't in this chapter. But... Paul, in other words, Paul didn't think that was the most dangerous thing to the church. Even though Jesus said it was going to be that way, Paul didn't think that was the most dangerous thing in the church. Well, I talked about nature. What about nature? You know, it says in Romans 8, 22, that for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth and pain together until now. In other words, the natural landscape is groaning that these earthquakes and 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 all of the tsunamis and the and the natural disasters and all of these things tornadoes and hurricanes and all this stuff our our nature is in turmoil matthew 24 7 jesus is saying in the last days nations shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom there shall be famines pestilences earthquakes in divers places and so we could talk about all that in the perilous times but Paul didn't. Paul didn't even bring it up. He didn't even talk about the earthquakes that are going to take place. He didn't talk about the pestilences. And by the way, pestilence means plague. You could put all these diseases that are coming up, all these viruses that are coming up, all these things that are just, you know, now, now, there, now there's some kind of flesh-eating virus that's going around. But Paul didn't mention anything when he was concerned for the church. Now we're talking about the church. He's dealing with Timothy and the church is concerned for the church and the danger that the church is in. He didn't mention the violence of society. He didn't mention the violence and the, the chaos of nature that's going to be in the last days. He didn't think that was the most dangerous thing. He, listen, we could, we could just talk about Christianity itself. Matthew 24, 12 says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In other words, we're going, to be, we're going to be living in such a sinful society. We're going to be living in such a wicked society. Uh, Lot lived in Sodom. Okay? Sodom and Gomorrah. We are familiar with that, 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 that story and that, that scripture. And the Bible says that he vexed his righteous soul. Lot was a righteous man, but he was living in an unrighteous society. And it said it vexed him. It vexed means to torture. And he was so uh, tortured and vexed by his surroundings because it was so wicked. And you know, Jesus says that in the last days that there's going to be such a, uh, uh, an atmosphere of wickedness and sin that many is just going to grow cold when their passion for Christ and their passion for the word and the passion for scriptures because iniquity abounds. It also says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away, a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's people that's going to fall away. They're going to fall away. They're going to be in church one Sunday and out the next. They're going to be people who have, have spent a, a, a long time in church, maybe grew up in church to leave, to walk away. I, 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 have y'all noticed there's so many people, uh, instead of coming out 
in, in homosexuality, they're coming out at deconstructing their faith. In other words, I'm no longer a believer. We're talking about uh, popular, popular Christian writers, popular, popular Christian uh, uh, authors and, and, and singers and artists and all of these people. They're saying they're deconstructing. They're, they're no longer believing. What are they doing? They're falling away. Now, now, what does John say about that? John has something to say about that. In 1 John 2, 18, he said, little children, it is the last time. And ye have heard, in other words, the last days. And ye have heard uh, uh, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us. In other words, they walked away. They fell away. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. You know what John says? He said they didn't deconstruct faith. Their faith was never constructed to begin with. Genuine faith will persevere. Preacher, what did they have? Religion. They had religion. Now, all of these things we could talk about about perilous times. Man, we could talk about all, and, and man, when you read all of these verses that deal with the last days and, and, and the days that we're living in now, and, and we compare that and look at the perilous times, man, that all fits. But Paul didn't mention none of these. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't talk about none of these. I wanted to, and, and somehow I got it in anyway. Amen. But listen. I, I, I want you to see that there's something even more dangerous. There's something even, in other words, in other words, the greatest danger to the church is not a madman out there with a, a rifle. It's not even a government that's trying to shut down churches. It's not a bunch of atheists and liberals that are wanting to change the way you believe that the word of God teaches and preaches. That's, that's, listen, in other words, the greatest danger in the church in the last days is not coming from the outside. Paul says it's different. And he says, listen, the greatest danger we have is going to come from the inside. Look what he says. Now, we're going we're gonna to read, we're going to read till we get to verse 5, and verse 5 is going to be an eye-opening verse, okay? This know also, that we're in number 1. If you want to write this down so you can pay attention, remember and avoid. Here's a warning. Last days, remember and avoid. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. And I'm going to give you the de- definitions of all these two, so don't worry about it. Fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, so far, that sounds like this crazy world we're living in, don't it? I mean, this, you, you read this and you think, man, I can see this in the Wall Street Journal. I can see this on right down, you know, downtown. We see this in New York City. We see this in the big cities. We see this in the small cities. We just see, man, our world is full of what we just read. Can I get a witness? I mean, it's there. But then Paul slides in verse five. Watch what he says. Having a form of, wait a minute. You see, Paul wasn't even talking about the world. He wasn't even talking about the world. He was talking about people in the church. He was talking about people that Timothy was going to have to deal with in the church. They had these characteristics. He said they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Preacher, what are you saying? Paul's greatest fear for the New Testament church. 
Paul's greatest fear for the church in the last days was nothing on the outside. It was false teachers coming in on the inside. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. Let me, let me give you some things. First of all, write this down. A, I want you to see the caution, the caution of deceivers. I've been, I told you last week, I've been doing my soap studies through the book of Acts. And, uh, and man, it is really eye opening when you just slow down and go through it really slowly. And you'll find that Paul at one point, uh, he, he asked for the Ephesian elders, the elders from the, the, the church of Ephesus. Matter of fact, it's where Timothy is right now that he's writing his letter to. And when they come to, to greet him and meet him, this was, this was going to be the last time he was going to see him. He was going to end up going to Jerusalem. He was going to be arrested. And, and you know, here we go. And he said, and he begged them with tears in his eyes, be careful, be careful. There's going to be ravenous wolves come. There's going to be false teachers come in from amongst you. And his greatest warning and his greatest fear was false teachers coming into the church. Look what he says. In Matthew 7, in Matthew 7 verse 13, Jesus says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to what? Destruction. Destruction. And many there be which go thereat, because straight is the gate. By the way, the gate is straight. And the way is narrow, the narrow way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware, say that with me. Be where, say it again. Of what? Watch how he describes these false prophets. Which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're not going to come in here like a psycho with a, with a, with a, a rifle and, 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 and dressed up like a, are y'all with me? They're going to be toting a Bible. They're going to look like Sunday school Sally. They're going to come in with sheep's clothing. They're going to look like one of us. They're going to talk like one of us. They're going to know the language. They're going to speak Christianese. They're going to sing all the songs with gusto. But Jesus said, but on the inside, ravening wolves. Now look, Acts 20 verse 28. This is where I was saying Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. In other words, be careful. Pay attention. Wake up. That's what he's saying. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Which is amazing to me. Now, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to deal with a wolf, I'm going to get me a rifle. I need to get me a weapon. I I need to get me a a wolf dog. I I need to get me something to, 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 listen, sniff out these wolves. I I need need some kind of weapon to, to kill this wolf. But that ain't what he says. Did you notice he didn't say, listen, get the sheep together and sharpen their teeth. He didn't do that. Did y'all see that? What did he tell him to do? I just read it. Feed them. Feed them. You want to get sheep ready for wolves? Feed them. Feed them the word. Some of y'all think, oh dear God, he's going to fatten us up for the word. No, no. No. Feed them to strengthen them. What is the, what is the defense against the wolf? A wolf is a false prophet. A false prophet tells lies, but guess what happens to the false prophet when all the sheep know the truth? Are y'all with me? 
Feed them. Feed them, Paul says. For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise. Speaking, y'all see that? Also of your own selves. They're going to come up from within. Shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall what? Given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines. The word doctrine just means teachings of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, they don't feel any kind of remorse for their lies. 2 Timothy 3.13 But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Now, if they was bad in Paul's day, can you imagine now? Deceived and being deceived. 2 Timothy 4.3 For the time shall come. For the time, why did he need to preach the word? For the time shall come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I cannot tell you how many times people have walked away from temple because they didn't like the word that was being taught. They say, well, I don't feel that. They have itching ears. They have itching ears. Tell us what we want to hear. Tell us what feels good to us. Tell us what will, will help us feel better. I don't want you to feel better. If you're shacking up in sin, I don't want you to feel better. If you're in adultery, I don't want you to feel better. If you've got issues in your life that's not right and you're walking contrary to the will of God, I don't want you to come in here and feel better. I want you to come in here and feel convicted. I want you to come in here and feel uncomfortable. I want you to come in here and feel broken till you fall on your knees before God and repent of your sin. If I had cancer and I was at a doctor, I wouldn't want him to make me feel better. I wouldn't want him to tell me something that was a lie. I wouldn't want him to say, oh yeah, you're good, no problem. That's the same logic as wanting a man of God to get and just pet you so you don't feel guilty about the sin that you don't want to walk away from. That's what it says. The last days, they're going to heap upon themselves. Teachers having itching ears. And man, I'm going to tell you, they're filling buildings with them. Building. Listen, let's continue. We'll run out of time. A, he cautions deceivers are coming. His greatest concern was deceivers. His greatest concern was false prophets. His greatest concern was wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't you see the characteristics of deceivers? The characteristics, look, look, what, how, look how he described them. I'm not going to take too much time on here, but I looked them all up, so I'm going to say them. Here we go. Let's do, it, let's do it quick if you can, if you can stay with me, all right? Covetous, excessively eager to obtain and possess uh, directed specifically toward money or goods. We're talking about, we're talking about church leaders. Mm-hmm. Does the prosperity gospel not come to mind? Listen, covet, just wanting more and more and more and more. And, and by the way, let's, let's, I, 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 let's go back to verse 2. For men shall be... Everybody say it. For men shall be... Okay, that is the cause. Everything else is the symptoms. Why are they covetous? Because they love themselves. They love themselves. And you know what? This is what the world is trying to put off on people. Oh, you need to love yourself. You can't love others till you love yourself. Well, that's not, that's completely opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says, unless you hate father, mother, sister, brother, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. That word hate means to love less. 
You have to love everything, including yourself, less than you love God. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Let me tell you why people are walking away, because they love themselves and they don't love the Savior. You know why people are uncommitted and unfaithful and they get mad and offended when they hear the word being taught and they don't want to, they don't want to change their life to uh, what the scripture says. They want to change the scripture to their lifestyle because they love themselves. They love themselves because they love themselves. They are covetous. Look at the next one. Boasters. One who glories or vaunts to make a vain display of one's own worth. Attainments or decorations to talk with vain ostentation to brag. Man, I've been to... <laughs> anyway. If, if, if you have the word I more in your sermon than any other word, there's a problem. Be careful. Don't become the hero of the story because you ain't. I've noticed everything, it's about Jesus, it's about Jesus, it's about Jesus, it's about Jesus. Everything in Paul and Peter in the book of Acts, they did everything to point back to Jesus. Even, I'm going to tell you what, when, 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 when Paul and Barnabas, when they, when they healed the dude and they came and just worshiped and was going to sacrifice to them, there's been many modern day preachers would have just went ahead and led them. And they say, what are you doing? We're men like you are. Boy, that's... Anyway. Proud. All right. Quickly. Blasphemers. One who speaks of God in impious and irreverent terms. Oh, wait. Think about that a minute. Think. Anyway, let's let's hurry. No, no, we're not. Go back to that. We should never be irreverent when we reference God. How would somebody do that? The man upstairs? That's a way. I'll tell you how serious this is. I told you all this before, but when, we, when, we, when Jordan got married, I, she, wanted me to walk, she wanted me to do the wedding, but I got to walk her down the aisle. So Austin wanted her, her, his grandfather, his grandfather to... Uh, do the first part. He's up here with, with him. And I walk her down the aisle. And he says, who gives the bride away? And I said, I don't want to, but I got to. And, and, <laughs> and, and we switch. Well, they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out how to switch. And, and Susan, Susan says, well, I tell you what. We'll just say a prayer. We'll just say a prayer. And, we, and I was, sounds good to me. We'll just say a prayer. And y'all can switch with somebody praying. Well, we went up and told, we went up and told, uh, uh, oh, Mr. Dry. Mr. Dry is Susan's daddy, who's been a man of God forever, preacher of the gospel. Well, that didn't, that didn't fly with him. He said, we don't use prayer just to switch. Prayer is talking to God. Ooh. That's right, Susan. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So many things we do flippantly. And we have no idea we're being so irreverent to a holy God. We need to be careful. All right? Disobedient to parents. Unpersuadable, stubborn, unyielding. That's what that means. Unthankful, not making acknowledgments for good received. Unholy, not renewed and sanctified. Paul is just saying simply, they're not even saved. They're not even saved. Without natural affection, hard-hearted towards kindred. Ho, 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 slow down, slow down. Be careful getting around people who's all out with their, with their people. Something ain't right. Now, I know there's some people that you just can't, you know, hang out with all the time. But when there is bitterness involved, something's wrong. Amen. 
It meant bitterness just is just meaning there's unforgiveness somewhere. All right. Without natural affection, truce breakers, one who violates a truce covenant or engagement. False accuser. Can you believe that the, 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 the Greek word for false accuser is diablos, which is the, where we get the word Satan from? What is, what, is a, what is a diablos? A slanderer. A slander. In other words, somebody that gossips about another. Boy, I've seen my share of preachers doing that. I've seen my share of church members doing that. I've gotten caught up in that. And you know what he's saying we are? Oh, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. That's what the devil does. That's what the devil does. When you're gossiping and you're slandering somebody. Okay. Incontinent, no self-control. This is what these false teachers and wolves are going to, this is, this is their characteristics. This is what Paul's trying to tell him. Fears, violence, savage, not to be restrained. They don't have no self-control. You can't restrain them. They want, in other words, they want their way or else. All right. Despisers of those that are good, hostile to virtue. Hostile to virtue when, when that, when it comes to truth, real truth. Not their version of truth, but what the Bible says the truth is. Traitors, betrayer, one who betrays his trust. Heady, rash, hasty, hurried on by will or passion. High-minded, proud, arrogant. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. A pleasure means a gratification of the senses or of the mind. Form, external appearance. There is a formation, there is a silhouette, if you will. There is an external outside appearance, but there's nothing on the inside. He said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. The word deny means to refuse. Refuse. And the word power is the Greek word dunamis. And it's the same word that's given in Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In other words, they don't have the Holy Ghost. They are not saved. Matter of fact, they refuse the power that could save them. Are y'all with me? And so, these are characteristics. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Dear God. This just looks like lost people. Hello. This looks like the world. You know? All right. Here we go. We see the caution of deceivers. We see the characteristics of deceivers. And I want you to see the casualty of deceivers. Verse 6. For of this sort, of this sort, this type of people, are they which creep. In other words, they're sneaky about what they do. I've seen them. I've dealt with them right here at Temple. They sneak around. They sneak around to other people's houses and say, what do you think about what the preacher's doing? What do you think about that Sunday school program? What do you think about that book he's wanting us to study? Well, what do you think about all this, this missions work stuff? This DMD. Sneaky, sneak, sneak. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all listen real good. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. And I hope y'all watch it. If he or she was really concerned about it, they would have called me. Amen. No, they ain't going to call me. They sneak around. They creep into houses. Well, preacher, I, I didn't. I didn't want to have to tell you, but you know, I just. I don't. Hey, it ain't my fault. They just. They just. You know, they just confide in me. Well, look what. Look where they creep. They creep into houses, led captive 
and lead captive silly women. Laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, before any of you men say, well, thank God that wasn't us, amen. <laughs> it's you too. Silly here is the word foolish. It's weak-minded. He's using this as an illustration because many times, the Bible teaches us that women are the weaker sex, but many times they are deceived quickly. They are deceived. And, and, and listen, that's not necessarily... That's not necessarily because they're dumb and men are smart. Usually that is definitely not the case. It is because they're more caring and they're more nurturing and they're more accepting. And because of that, sometimes they're more naive. But the point Paul's trying to make is false teachers will target the weak minded. They will target those who are naive. They will target those who don't have any discretion. They don't have any discernment. Are y'all with me? It's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. You've got a little baby. There, uh, J- uh, Jordan had a long driveway and, and, and Carter, he, 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 he had a little, he had one of them little uh, uh, cars, cars that he could get in and, and it would roll and he'd want me to push him down that hill on the concrete. But at the end of that hill, there was a road. And his mama would tell him, don't, don't, don't you go around that front yard. Well, guess what he's going to do? He wants to go down that hill. But the problem is he don't have no discernment. He don't understand that at the bottom of that hill is death. Are y'all with me? And so what false teachers will do, they will pick out naive people in the church and creep around and start whispering in their ear. And they sound, they sound really spiritual. And they will gain the following. They're kind of like, they're kind of like uh, Absalom. Absalom, David's son, would sit in the, in the gate. And all the people who were disheartened with Solomon or uh, David, they didn't like what David was doing. Or they would come to him. And, and, and Absalom said, well, I tell you what, if I was king, I'd, I'd help you. Yeah. And the Bible says he stole the hearts. False teachers will do that. They'll creep around and they'll target weak-minded. Just I, and, and and don't don't take this in a bad way when I say weak-minded. I I I had an aunt that she was she was just so gullible, sweetest person in the world, and she would send offerings to stinking thieves on TV because she thought that she was doing a good thing and doing something spiritual. And I said, don't do that. But she was just so naive and she had no discernment, but she was loving and caring and she just wanted to. And, and Paul is saying these, these particular women were laden with sins. In other words, they had such a baggage with them coming in that they had guilt and shame. And this person would pray on their guilt and their shame. Hello. The target. Of these false teachers. Listen, no discernment. The tragedy. Here's the tragedy. Verse number seven. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they were unteachable. They were going from one book to this book to that book. I, I have seen I have seen people. Uh, listen, in, in the church, in, in every new book that comes on the scene, every new spiritual, religious, you know, uh, person that makes you feel good when you read the book, they will flock them and want to do Bible studies in their book. Don't, don't use their book, use the Bible. And then they'll flock to this book and that book, and they're ever learning, but they never come to the truth. And they're being led away. Being led away. That's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Listen, why do you think Paul said it's so important to feed the sheep? Give them the truth. Teach it. Preach it. Then we see the conclusion of deceivers. 
the conclusion of deceivers. Verse 8. He said they're useless. Now, he gives two names. Now, they're, they're not recorded in Exodus. Uh, I don't want to speculate, but I did read different commentaries thinking, you know, some believe that they were magicians. That you, If you'll remember when Moses went to Pharaoh said, let my people go, and he, he, he did some supernatural acts, and he had magi- magicians that were doing the same acts and, and withstanding Moses. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Some believe it was the magicians that were doing this, but some believers uh, in commentaries believe that these were people who uh, kind of filtered into the Jewish people when they left Egypt. In other words, were Egyptian converts that came in, the strangers, and they just filtered into uh, 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 the Jewish nation and then withstood and, and came against Moses and disputed with Moses and so forth and so on. Uh, because of the context and, and what Paul is trying to teach here, that might be the case. But either way, what Paul is telling Timothy is they came up from the ranks and they just came against the man of God. And are y'all with me? But watch what it says. But watch what it says. Verse 8, so do these also resist the truth. They resist the truth. So why do they do that? Because they're men of corrupt minds and, what's that next word? Now put this in your, well I think I did put it in your notes. The word reprobate means useless. Useless. Reprobate concerning the faith. You say, why are they useless when it comes to the faith and and the propagating of the gospel? Because they only have a form of godliness. They have no substance. They have no content. All they have is how they feel and what they think and what, are y'all with me? But there is no truth to them because they resist truth. They would rather tell you what they think. They would rather tell you how they feel. They would rather tell you their preference. The truth is too uncomfortable. That doesn't make me feel good. And so they resist truth. They resist truth. And because they res- and by the way, if you don't have truth, you don't have nothing. If you're not preaching the truth, if you're not teaching the truth, if you're not singing the truth, you are useless to the faith. Useless. They have a reprobate mind. And then he says this. Timothy, look what he says. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further. Timothy, their lifespan is going to be short. They are temporary. They are temporary. Preacher, what, what's the point of that? Those, those wolves and sheep's clothing that come in here, they may get a few silly, weak-minded people, but they don't last long. If you keep preaching the truth, And you keep teaching the truth. And you stand on the truth. They can't stand it. And they're going to leave and they're going to take some with them. And then they're going to talk bad about you. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to feed the sheep. All right. Church, say amen. So we remember, that's a long first point, ain't it? Ooh, 10 minutes. Let me just give you the middle one and hunker down on the third one real quick. Remember and avoid, then recognize and affirm. What's the best way to, what's the best way to deal with a sheep in wolves clothing, a false teacher? Recognize a good one. Recognize a good one and affirm them. Affirm them, encourage them. All right, look what he says. He takes verses two to verse nine, talking about the false teachers and the false prophets and the wolves in sheep's clothing. 
And he says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. Paul, Tim, he, what is Paul saying? Timothy, you know me. You know me. And this is where I, this is where I believe Paul was really trying to help Timothy. And, and, and I, man, I can't help but think that Timothy is really struggling to believe Paul's the man of God because of all that he's going through and all the people that's in the ear of Timothy. Because he, t- Paul is defending himself right here. Look what he says in, look what he says in first Timothy, or excuse me, second Timothy one in verse eight, first Timothy or second Timothy one, verse eight, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me. Timothy, don't be ashamed of me. You know me. You know me. You've been with me. You've traveled with me. You've heard me preach. You've heard me teach. Man, you, 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 you know me. Thou hast fully known my doctrine or my teaching, my manner of life. You've seen how I live. I didn't steal from nobody. I wasn't covetous. I wasn't violent. I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't prideful. I wasn't a boaster. He said, you know my life, my purpose. You know what I was about. I was about the gospel. My faith, my long-suffering, my charity, patience, persecution, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch. You know what all I've been through. What persecutions I endured. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Look what he says. What, how do we recognize how do we recognize a, a real leader? Uh, Mr. Griggs, can you grab me one of them tissues over here, sir? How do, we, how do we recognize a real leader? First of all, write this down. They teach the truth. Thank you, sir. Here you go. Here you go. They teach the truth. Write that down quickly, quickly. They teach the truth. Well, how do I know if it's the truth? Well, the people at Berea was more noble than those at Thessalonica, and they searched the scriptures Oh, y'all paid attention last week. They searched the scriptures to see if those things be so. Open your Bible. If what I'm telling you is in the Bible, then it's true. If what somebody comes up here and preaches or teaches, you can't find it in the Bible, you need to get rid of them. Are y'all with me? How do we recognize a real one? They teach the truth. He said, you know my doctrine. They have nothing to hide. They have nothing to hide. If the, if the, if the spiritual leader is something different in Walmart than he is up on the platform, I ain't got no time for it. What's that meme? What's that meme I see on TV? Ain't, got, ain't nobody got time for that. Say amen. amen. He needs to be the saint. He needs to be what he is out there, what he is up here. Period. One of the, one of the hardest things, one of the hardest things I had in, in, in witnessing at the Coon Club, one of the hardest things, when they found out I was a preacher, boy, they set in. And man, they would try. They would just pick at me and try to get me to do stuff. And, and later on I found out why, because there were so many preachers who would preach on Sunday morning and go cuss up a storm at the coon club and tell lies about the dog and cheat and, 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 and everything else. No wonder Paul says, you've seen me live. You've seen how I live. You've seen how I work. Listen, a real man of God don't have nothing to hide. A real teacher don't have nothing to hide. A real saint of God don't have nothing to hide. See, they practice what they preach. Paul says, you've seen my faith. You've seen my love, my patience. You've seen it, you've seen it all. I don't tell people. I don't send people up a ladder I won't climb. And guys, I've never asked you guys to do anything that I hadn't already done. Not one single thing. Whether it's giving offerings to the, to the missions. Listen, you go check my record. And I'm not, that ain't, that ain't even bragging. I'm telling you, we practice what we preach. 
We practice what we preach. Then, they aren't afraid of persecution. He says, you know my suffering. And let me say this about that. Let me say this about that. That don't mean we like it. I don't like any kind of confrontation. Some preachers walk around like they bowed up and want to throw their fist up like they just love. I don't like confrontation. I don't like it at all. I like things smooth as silk. I like everybody happy and everybody liking me. I I do not like it, but we can't be afraid of it. There's times you have to say, this is the truth. This is what God said. This is how we're going to be. This is how we're, Paul's saying, you know, you know. Then number three, quickly. Here's the, here's the key. He said, Timothy, evil men and seducers are going to get worse and worse and worse. So here's the answer. Here's the answer. Verse 14. But, what's that word? Say it again. But. That means maintain without interruption. Do you realize that's the very thing it says in Acts chapter number 2? After they that gladly received his word were baptized and the Lord added unto them, right? In other words, all the people that got saved on the day of Pentecost, he added to the church. He added to their number. And you know what they did? It says, and they continued. Say that with me. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine. Prayers, breaking of bread, fellowship. Y'all with me? What do we need to do in these last days when these ravenous wolves come? Keep preaching, keep teaching, keep reading, keep studying, keep learning, keep growing. He continued. Listen, what do we continue? Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. First of all, write this down quickly. Did I give you the point? Receive and apply. And and put a star beside apply because that's the key. You can come in here and listen to me, but if you don't go do it, it ain't going to help you. You can go to the doctor and they can give you medicine, but if you don't take it, it ain't going to work. Right? Now, how many of y'all have ever gotten an antibiotic? What do they say? Take it all. How many of you didn't? How many of you got a relapse? I went back, and I'm going to tell you, my doctor had an attitude. She said, she said, you didn't take all of this, did you? She knew. What do you, what do you mean, preacher? You need to take it all. Not some of it. Not what you like. It's not that way. We see the provision of the scriptures. The provision of the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.15 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. How many of y'all are glad God provided us this book? My soul, what a blessing it is. God's provided it. God's given us his word. It's given by inspiration of God. That means God breathed. The word inspiration means breathe. In other words, this is God's breath on paper. Mercy. Listen, we see the provision of the scriptures. It's given by God. It is profitable. It is profitable. We see the profit of the scriptures. Write that down. Hurry, hurry, we're in the red. What do we get out of the scriptures? What do we get out of the scriptures? Watch this right. I love this. He said, it is, look in verse 16. Are you there? Verse 16. It is profitable for 
Doctrine. This is what doctrine is. It's what's right. How do I know what's right, preacher? It's in the book. You see this whole crazy world out there, liberals out there tell you, right is subjective. It's whatever you think it is. Well, I think you're crazy. You can... <laughs> I'm not going to get political. You can think you're a walrus all you want to. But if you ain't got blubber and tusks, you ain't no walrus. See how I stayed out of the political arena right there? The Bible will tell you what is right. Period. It's profitable for doctrine. Then... It's profitable for what? Reproof. Reproof. Say, what's reproof? What's wrong? This book will tell you what's right. And this book will tell you. It'll tell you what you're supposed to do. And it'll tell you what you're not supposed to do. Isn't it amazing how simple the Bible is? It's what's right. It's what's wrong. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and correction. You know what correction is? How to get right. You see, the Bible will tell you what's right, and the Bible will tell you what's wrong. But the Bible will also tell you how to get right. Isn't this fun? It'll tell you how to get right. If you're wrong, it'll tell you how to get right. It'll tell you how to get right with God. It'll tell you how to line up your life according to the will and the wishes of God so you can have the favor and the blessings of God on your life. Dear God, we need to know this. We need to teach it and preach it and live it and share it and tell it and study it and memorize it. Why? Because it's profitable. It'll tell us what's right. It'll tell us what's wrong. It'll tell us how to get right. What's the next word? Instruction in righteousness. You know what that is? That's how to stay right. You see, your Bible that's sitting in your lap, it'll tell you what's right. It'll tell you what's wrong. It'll tell you how to get right. And it'll tell you how to... And all God's people see it. Stand up, quick, Hurry. Huh? I don't want to give that to you. I'm kidding. I forgot there was one. Okay. Stand up anyway, unless you can't write. Uh, the purpose of the scriptures. You note writing fiends in here. The purpose of the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.17. Say, why did God give me this book? That the man of God. And by the way, ladies, that's not discounting you. That's people in general, the people of God. Now he is, he said the man of God here because he's speaking to Timothy. Okay. But everybody know this. The Bible's for everybody. Are y'all with me? That the person, the saint of God, the man of God, the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now look what the word perfect is. What's the word perfect mean? Complete. You know, charismatic people tell you, you need an extra blessing. Paul told Timothy, if you got this, you got all you need. Anyway, that's a whole nother sermon right there. Furnished. Furnished. Not just furnished. Come on, people. Not, not just Furnished. I mean, I mean, thoroughly. I'm glad that was it. Third, say it with me. Third, now you're not just going to be equipped. You're going to be completely equipped. Not just some, but all. You got everything you need in that Bible. What do I need for them ravenous wolves? I need a bazooka. No, you don't. I need some traps. I need, I need, a, I need a wolf dog. I, I, no, 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 no. You need a 
Bible. But you need to preach that Bible. I posted this. And Travis, go ahead. Go ahead and get ready to shout over there. I've been to some services lately that, and I walked out after hearing some sermons. And I said, you know, there are people, there are people that will use the Bible to preach. And then there are people who will preach the Bible. Some of y'all get that. Some people got something they want to say. And then they'll try to get this to support it. Instead of getting this and saying this is what God said. That's the kind we need. Y'all knows we just went from verse to verse to verse to verse. That's the way. That's how we deal with them wolves around here. We just keep preaching it. Keep teaching it. Keep sharing it. Keep studying it. Keep reading it. Amen? Amen. 